Hello and welcome to UX Soup, a podcast that looks beyond the buzzwords to give you the latest developments impacting the user experience of personal devices and services in the home, in the car, and on the go. As always, UX Soup is sponsored by Strategy Analytics, a global research and consulting firm providing our clients with insights, analysis, and expertise. I'm Chris Schreiner, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Lisa Cooper. Hello. So we are in exciting times for healthcare UX research, as consumer devices can capture more and more health-related data, and medical devices are becoming more connected, providing a wealth of health data to help physicians better care for their patients. So Lisa, you recently published a report about monitoring health and wellness remotely. And so we wanted to talk a little bit about that on our podcast today. So Lisa, um, I guess first, let's talk into a bit more about the, the benefits of remote monitoring for health and wellness. Yes. Uh, so there's, there's many, many benefits to this. First, we have early diagnosis, uh, where these algorithms that take information from health data that's collected by wearable technology, uh, such as smartwatches or patches. Um, They have the potential for early diagnosis for various medical conditions. Uh, So that can save uh, not only in healthcare costs and and also help patients to take control of their own healthcare. Yeah, this is, for me, this is like the number one thing. I would love to have my smartwatch or some device that I have on me tell me that I'm sick or tell me that I'm coming down with something or have something before I know it. Yeah, acute or chronic, you know, any sort of disease or just short-term illness. I mean, wouldn't that be amazing? And then you could take care of it before it became a real problem or got to a really severe stage. There's also, um, with remote patient monitoring, some of the benefit of this, medical practitioners, they're able to monitor patients remotely in real time. There was an aspect of that that was happening during that during the the peak of the epidemic. Also, medication notification management. So, uh, wearable devices they have the potential to help patients to take medications on time and monitor their vitals so that they know when and how their medication should be taken, uh, and to inform medical professionals or caregivers uh, should the patient fail to take their medication. So I know this is a big problem for caregivers and doctors in yeah, making sure that patients take their it's medicine. It's so easy to forget to take medicine. And I mean, and to have any kind of reminder, but one that is kind of tied into, you know, sensors on your body, because maybe it's sensing that, you know, that condition is worsening because the uh, medicine's wearing off and therefore mm. give you the reminder. Yeah, anything like um, diabetes or, I mean, there's some conditions such as Parkinson's. You may, you could be reminded to take your medication. Uh, You know, in the future, there may be sensors that could detect certain imbalances in various parts of the body. Yeah, and there are medications that you take as needed, like certain pain medications. And they kind of have something that can predict when it would be a good time to take it before that condition worsens to where you go, oh my God, I need to take it and then have to wait. I think that would also be helpful. Another advantage is sharing medical information. Not only can this data be analyzed for those kinds of purposes, but also uh, this would help us share data with your doctor more easily uh, so that they have all the information at their fingertips. 
So that's that's really, really helpful for people because often there can be issues with sharing information. Yeah, how, how are doctors, how open are they to this kind of thing? Are they like, oh, wow, this is very helpful or, you know, oh, it's not necessarily FDA approved and therefore I don't care or it's maybe a good signpost or I'm going to rely on this kind of where are they? With doctors... I mean, obviously, there's going to be a variety of responses to it, depending on what their specialism is. What they care about, essentially, is that they get important information at the right time. They don't want reams and reams and reams of data. Yeah. Uh, And that can be the trick right now. And they also want accurate data. So it's very important to them to either use devices and sensors that they trust in terms of the brand and so on, that they know is accurate, that will deliver the information that they need when they need it. So it's a complex situation that that obviously device manufacturers and healthcare practitioners and all of the relevant stakeholders in this field are working on. Uh, but currently sharing information, I mean, you either email something through a portal in America at, the, at this time, uh, you may be able to do it through an app that's related to some sort of device that you have. But then there are issues with integrating that into their electronic medical records. And then, of course, with the UK, they have their whole National Health Service, which will have a whole different system. So it's a very complex, complex field. Another major advantage is the ability of seniors to manage their care. This is for people who want to age at home. They want to be independent. They, they really don't want to be in the medical system. They or want assisted to, living or... Yeah, they want to stay as independent as possible. So especially people that suffer from multiple conditions, having the ability to remotely be monitored and to share their information with their healthcare provider and to, to help them manage their medications and, and conditions, this is essential for that segment of the population. So... I had mentioned that it's an exciting time because we have all of these wearables and patches and things that consumers can go and buy to monitor their health. While at the same time, we have the healthcare industry getting a lot better at providing connected devices to patients to collect data and send it to their physician. So let's talk a bit about kind of where we are with each of those. So when it comes to consumer devices and smartphones and wearables where where what is the landscape in this right now so smartphone manufacturers they've sort of gone away from integrating their sensors in their phones for the large part and instead they seem to have smartphone enabled dedicated devices you know something like a blood pressure uh, device that is then connected to the phone uh, through some sort of app Um, or some sort of wearable patch, you know, people with diabetes will perhaps wear a patch that then connects to their phone. So that seems to be uh, what's happening in terms of smartphones. And the reason for that is, partly the reason for that is because, you know, you're very limited by what smartwatches and smartphones can sense and measure. And they also need to provide accurate information that can be used by the healthcare practitioner. So this is sort of what we're seeing with smartphones. They're more connected to dedicated devices. Now, something like uh, we are seeing more 
smartwatches and so on with integrated healthcare functions. You know, things like being able to detect heart arrhythmias, which you can find on Apple Watches and others. You know, some will uh, be able to detect blood pressure measurements, although there aren't very many FDA approved. And then you've got body temperature, pulse rate, blood oxygen levels, sleep tracking, all sorts of things uh, for health and wellness that you can see on smartwatches and Fitbits and so on. But when it comes to accuracy of these, they really need to be approved by uh, the the regulating body of that country. Uh, so for them to really be taken seriously by the healthcare community and by be trusted by consumers, they need to be regulated in some way. And we also know from our own research that consumers are prioritizing their health and wellness features in their smartwatches. Uh, so we, we are seeing a pull from from users for this kind of thing. And of course, we don't want to neglect mental health in all of this. Uh, there's been a lot of emphasis on improving mental health and these kinds of remote monitoring or or sensors in wearables and smartphones and other areas and there are the growth in mental health apps yeah. that are out there. So what kind of where are we with, with mental health? So in the US, uh, basically at the FDA, they've been vetting mental health apps to make sure that their quality, uh, and you know, that they are actually helpful to people that need them. They've only approved uh, a few mental health apps. Uh, and often they have to have a prescription and work with a healthcare provider. So on one hand, you know, something like that is, you know, then that they're being used in the correct way. But on the other hand, because they require prescription, uh, it makes accessibility to, it makes access to these apps um, something that isn't free. You know, we're, they're not as accessible. In other countries, such as the UK, where they have like more centralized healthcare, they, they've actually been approving uh, numerous apps for various conditions, including mental health. I think there's somewhere around uh, 15 right now that the NHS promotes on their website um, for teens and adults to help them with uh, anxiety and depression. So um, obviously, that's two different approaches. And, and clearly, that's a lot more accessible for people because these are free. Uh, and it seems like the NHS are being very serious about their approach to digital health. And so they're making it uh, much more accessible and approving these kinds of apps much more quickly. In this space, we have new features being rolled out, you know, new sensors on devices, and there's a whole host of user experience issues there. Oh, it's a minefield. And same when we're looking at, at you know, medical devices from the medical industry. And then we're in this convergence part of trying to get all those together, what, which is going to bring its own whole host of user experience issues. What do you see as the biggest issues that UX people face here? There's so many. I mean, the industry is very fragmented, especially in the US. What we're finding is because you've got several different users of the system, so you've got the healthcare providers, you might have insurance companies and you have uh, the, direct, the direct users, the patients and the consumers that are using these devices and these services. So 
any company wishing to pursue that market, they have to address the issue of multiple streams of data. Multiple streams of data that not only the healthcare provider is being exposed to, but also the consumer or the patient. So when it comes to the healthcare provider, you know, they're going to want something accurate, something that's uh, compliant to all the policies in place in that country. In the US, that would be HIPAA compliant, it has to be ultra private. And they want the relevant information at the right time. Uh, they don't want a host of irrelevant information. And then for the patient or the consumer, they want to be able to share the information that's needed. And they don't want a thousand apps to do it with. And that's the problem that some apps, some apps are just not well designed. Yeah. And so often they'll go to another app. Uh, so for example, there's a an app for people that suffer with diabetes that works with a dedicated device that they use. And it's just not very easy to use. So often those consumers will then go to a different app that, that gives them the information that they need in favor of the app that came with the device. And not only that, if you're someone that uh, suffers from multiple illnesses or are managing multiple chronic conditions, then you are, you are having to use multiple devices to measure multiple different healthcare, different health factors. So, you know, if you have to take your blood pressure and your weight and your temperature and uh, your blood sugar and your heart rate and all of that, you know, you're having to consolidate all of that information. Uh, so what we see now is something like Apple Health and Samsung Health. They have platforms where, you, where that's supposed to consolidate all of that data. But not all medical apps work with those two systems. So you just have so many apps and so many bits of information that it, it can be very overwhelming for consumers. So an example of one app, again, it's another app for people that suffer with diabetes, there's a three-hour delay in displaying their glucose information on Samsung Health and Apple Health, for example. So that's another minefield. In order to address this, we really need to have more devices that have multiple sensors in there uh, so that users don't have to juggle so many devices. And so we're seeing companies like LMD They've announced the launch of a V-sensor that they want to enable smartphones with that will capture five different vital signs. So that's an area that we need more more work. Yeah, I mean, and that's just kind of, you know, scraping the tip of the iceberg in terms of all the UX work that needs to be done in this space in general. It's it's quite overwhelming, really. Yeah, there's so many stakeholders involved. I mean, there's still issues of trust and acceptance from both the consumer and the healthcare practitioner. We have to look at privacy. Uh, certain brands, uh, you know, consumers or healthcare providers will trust more than others in terms of accuracy or reputation, for example. We have battery life limitations um, where, you know, at the moment we have a lot of things that we can measure on demand, whereas there are a lot of conditions where you need continuous monitoring. So we have to address battery capacities and we also have to make sure that all of these devices and sensors are accessible to a wide range of abilities and knowledge um, or experience with these so you know you're dealing with people who may have other conditions such as blindness or deaf or hard of hearing as well as uh, seniors who may have no experience with technology at all 
And then the health of their physical condition that they have that yes. they need this stuff for could require it to be. Absolutely. So it really is, there's so much, so much to address in this as, as we become more enmeshed in digital health. So what do you think is next? What's the next step in digital health? I think we're moving more towards a system where we're going to see digital twins of ourselves. And by digital twins, I mean some sort of digital replica of how our bodies work, how certain organs work. And then those digital replicas we can use to simulate how the body would respond to certain drugs. Information that's continuously monitored could be fed into that digital replica so we could see in real time how the body is working and be able to diagnose and detect when the body is off balance so that then interventions can be can be made. So in medical terms, this would be called personalized medicine. So much like NASA, you know, when they send up a, a spacecraft, they have to use a digital twin to be able to simulate how that object would respond to various conditions and to be able to monitor that spacecraft while it's in space. And we see this in other systems as well, such as Tesla, where they upgrade their systems on the go because they can monitor their cars. And this is the sort of thing that I could see us doing, personalized medicine. And I know that there's much research going on in Europe right now about that, but it's in its very, very um, early stages. As far as mental health, there is something called digital phenotyping, which is where you can take wearables like smartwatches and so on, and you can get a sense of a person's wellness or disease in terms of mental health through passive detection of changes in their behavior using various sensors. So, you know, if they're not as active as they normally are or if they're moving in a different way. And then this would be able to, we wouldn't then be relying so much on self-reported depression or anxiety. And then as far as battery health, I can see that we'll be working towards, and we are working towards using other sources of energy, such as the body. So that something like a, a patch that's monitoring our health through various sensors would be able to work continuously and not have the issues that we currently have because they're taking the energy from the body and harvesting that energy in some way. So yeah, this is very, very exciting times for digital health. So let's um, move on to condensed soup. Condensed soup. Whoop, whoop. So for condensed soup today, let's talk about what feature we would like to see going forward when it comes into digital health. I think it would be really, really nice to have something that would be able to detect imbalances of the brain and be able to predict when that happens and to be able to monitor conditions that associated with mental health and wellness. So, for example, I think about friends who suffer from conditions such as Parkinson's, where being able to monitor their brain chemistry is very important, being able to know what medications to be able to use and when, whereas often it's sort of a guessing game. There's more art to it than science. Yeah, I am right there with you on that. I would love to see that. And For me, if I'm not going to say that, I guess the other thing I would say is, as I mentioned 
early detection. Like I know that there are some uh, smart watches or fitness trackers that have said that they'd be able to detect COVID about 24 hours before they start feeling symptoms. And, you know, in a case like that, in the middle of a pandemic, where you can then get that early warning before you even realize anything and go into isolation so you don't get other people sick, to be able to have that for other conditions in the future, I think is just, it's just mind-blowing what the impact that that's going to have just on personal health and getting treatment and in reducing healthcare costs overall. Yeah. It's a great field and I'm, I'm really excited to see what happens next in it. All right. Well, if you have any questions about remote health and wellness monitoring, digital health UX in general, or just to send us any questions you may have, you can email us at uxsoup at strategyanalytics.com. Show notes on our podcast website, which is ux-soup.com. It has links to our work in digital health, and there you can also connect with each of us on LinkedIn. A reminder that UX Soup is sponsored, as always, by Strategy Analytics. Check out the latest user-focused insights in mobile, automotive, and the smart home by visiting strategyanalytics.com. Thanks for joining us. Bye for now.